All right. Well done, guys. Well done. I know. We just want to keep partying, Luke. I totally get it. I totally get it. That was so fun. That was so fun. Uh, hey, good to see you all. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Reed Kappel. I serve as the campus pastor here of the Aletha campus of Christ Community. And I just, again, want to say thank you for joining us and celebrating uh, the birth of Christ Jesus, the, the miracle of God, the infinite one, becoming a finite being to rescue us and redeem us. And hopefully you have felt loved and welcomed here. Hopefully you have been warmed by the truth of this story. And, and we want to continue on in the season of Advent, exploring this birth narrative uh, throughout the season of Advent, we've been looking at the birth of Jesus through the first songs of Christmas recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke. We've looked at the, the song of Mary, the mother of Jesus, Zechariah, uh, the song of Simeon, the song of the angels, and tonight we're going to be looking at the song, so to speak, of the shepherds. Uh, but I need, I need some help. So, so my younger brothers and sisters here, I need your help. In your little goodie bag, you should see something like this, okay? And, and some of you probably have the angels. Who's got the angels? Let me see. Okay. Who's got the shepherds? Shepherds, they should be green. Okay, we got a few shepherds. And who's got baby Jesus? It should be red. Lovely. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. As I am sharing the story, as I'm going about the story, if you hear me say the word shepherd and you have the shepherd, I want you to hold it up just for one second and then put it right back down, okay? And if you hear me say the word angels, what do you do if you have the angel? Hold it up, put it right back down. And if you hear me say the word Jesus, hold up baby Jesus, put him right back down, okay? Now, we're going to practice this, okay? Are you ready? The angels told the shepherds that Jesus was born. Oh, you, oh this, you guys are professionals. This is incredible. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So you got to pay attention, focus in and listen as I'm sharing the story, okay? Because you never know when I'm going to say, angel! Very good, very good. Okay, okay, so we'll go on with the story, all right? Um, one thing in, in my line of work as a pastor, I, I meet a lot of people, and I've learned the importance of first impressions. And first impressions are, are significant because like the facial expression you make, the words you choose to say in that first conversation, the shower you chose not to take that morning, they all play a factor in how someone perceives you in that first conversation. And, and I share this because I think that's a helpful lens to look at the birth narrative of Jesus through. Very good, very good, very good. Now, I want us to think about this. Again, first impressions are important. But I want us to think about what was the first impression that Jesus made when his news of his birth was declared by the angels to the shepherds? Angel. That's right, we got angels. That's my child. Okay, now... <laughs> I want us to think of this because here's the thing, the birth narrative, the story of Jesus' birth declared by the angels to the shepherds is not just an incidental piece of information. It's not that the shepherds were the closest people nearby that the angels just so happened to come across. There is something about the nature and character of Jesus that we see in this declaration of his birth from the angels to the shepherds. Oh, you guys are so good at this. Okay, but here's what's so fascinating. What was that first impression like? How would this great king, because you see, the angels were told the shepherds that, that this Messiah would be born in the city of Bethlehem, and he would be the savior of the world. He would bring peace to all people. He would be the king of highest praise, but how would this king enter in? And how would he introduce himself? What would be the first impression, and whom would he introduce himself to? Would it be the wealthy, the beautiful, the brilliant, the powerful? No, you see that Jesus was introduced 
to the lowly, the poor, the humble, ordinary shepherd. You see, shepherds in this time, they were kind of in the shallow end of the cultural pool, if you will. They weren't very much uh, respected or admired. Like, to think of a modern-day example, just picture Oakland Raider fans. Like, that's a pretty good kind of, uh, uh, kind of equivalent. Just kidding. I mean, kind of. You know who they are. But, uh, but, but these are the people, the lowest of the low, the shepherds, are whom Jesus has been revealed to first and foremost. And this is saying something about the paradoxical nature of who Jesus is and who he would be and who he will ever, forever be. That he is, yes, the creator of all things, but this creator became a part of creation. He is the king of highest heaven, and yet he has entered in as a humble servant. He is the manifest glory of God, but he is born in the most unglorious of places. All right, you guys still with me? Where where are the angels? Let me just make sure you guys are still with me. Okay, shepherds, Jesus. Okay, very good. Now, if you want to switch with somebody, you can do that. I'll let you do that if you're getting bored. Um... Don't feel guilty if you pass Jesus to somebody else. That's it's a good thing. You should share Jesus with others. But anyway, um, so here, now back to the story. Back to the story, okay? Again, this announcement of Jesus' birth is not just a, a simple, interesting piece of information. It's telling us something about who Jesus is. You see, Jesus possesses what is referred to as a dual nature, that he is fully God and fully man. He is not half of one and half of the other. He's not some strange hybrid Prius kind of deity of part human, part man. He is fully God and fully man. And we see that as evidenced in the declaration that it took divine beings, namely angels, to declare this truth, revealing that Jesus is divine. But this news was revealed and received by lowly shepherds to communicate that he is also fully human. You see, Jesus had to be fully divine and fully human in order to live the life we couldn't live, to die the death we should have died, and to defeat death ultimately once and for all. This is the picture of our king, the highest king who has become the humble servant. In fact, the apostle Paul, in talking about Jesus, describes him in this way as he writes the letter to the Philippian church. He describes who Jesus is and how his followers should emulate his posture in the world. Hear what Paul says about Jesus. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be hoarded, a thing to be held to himself. But instead he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, you got it, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what Christmas is about. Yes, Christmas is Jesus in the manger and angels and donkeys and all that stuff, but let us not be fooled by what we are remembering and celebrating. We are celebrating and remembering the fact that God, the highest, most holy, and glorious being, has stooped so low to enter into our world with us, to lift up the lowest of the low, that they might be redeemed and glorified and declared good and and forgiven. But what we see in this declaration, again, it took, this news is so glorious that it took angels to declare it. 
But what we also see in the story of Christmas is that it is a message so gracious that even the lowest of shepherds can receive it. It is a message so glorious that it takes angels to declare it, and it is a message so gracious that even the lowest of shepherds can receive it. The good news of Christmas is that God has broken into our world to redeem us in our brokenness so that we might find new life in Him. Amen? That's the good news of Christmas. And what what I hope that we understand and what we see in this story, again, it's not just a cute story about angels and shepherds, but what we see is it's actually a foreshadow, a picture of what Jesus would accomplish and what He can accomplish for you and for me. That in his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus is able to take the lowest of sinners and make them like a glorious angel. To take your shame and sin and guilt and regret and pain and everything that you have endured and experienced, everything done to you and everything you have done, he is able to redeem you and make you as glorious as an angel. That's what the picture of Christmas is telling us. And so so my hope and prayer for all of us is that whether this is your first impression of Jesus or not, that we would all come to see, to believe, to trust, to delight, to proclaim, and to live out the truth of who Jesus is, the one who came to redeem us, to forgive us, to lead us in the ways of peace and justice for the good of others and for the glory of God. And and so one of the ways that we want to illustrate this is one of our favorite traditions. The way we remind ourselves that the light of God has come into our world is to share that light in a very visible way. And so I'm going to light my candle from the Christ candle. And I'm going to share that around with you. And and it's not just a beautiful way to, to kind of round out Christmas Eve. It's a way to be reminded of the fact that God has come, the light has come, And that we are, as those who follow Jesus, are to share that love, that light with others. And so together, we will light this room up. We'll sing Silent Night together. One small little logistic thing I would recommend as you're sharing the light around, as you have your candle lit, if, you go, if you're going to light somebody else's candle, let them kind of, pour, uh, kind of lean it over to you. Don't pour your lit candle over them because wax will fall and it'll burn people and we get lawsuits and we don't want to do that, okay? So we're going to celebrate the beauty of what Christ has done by sharing this light in a very visible way. Let us share the light of Christ, the true light of the world.